Morning, Jared. Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks. Appreciate your time this morning and a great week for the club. And watching this group, when they lost to Essendon, Jared, round 16 at the start of July, the, the grand final looked miles away. What in your eyes changed about the Swans from that point? Uh, I think a lot of things. Uh, one thing is that what's always happened at the club is those good old-fashioned sit around, have some honest conversations and, and really know where you're at. But they they are a talented list. But probably, you know, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the year they're going to make a grand final, probably say no. They were going to hopefully go better than the elimination final last year. Um, and, you know, they've certainly done that. But it's a, those honest conversations, you get confidence up and, and um, yeah, then away things go. And, and they've certainly played some, some very good football the back half of this year. Jared, I think in general we always get to see the shop front window, the team walk out onto a sporting field and have success. And, you know, people, fans and, and media seem to knock when things don't go well, but in my opinion, probably don't praise enough when people or teams turn that around and start going right. I'm really keen to know how it works at the Swannies and what the senior players do and not just the influence on the field, but what has happened off the field to be able to make such, you know, major change in whether it be style of play, but most importantly, success and now being a GF. I think, I mean, there's so many factors going on there. One of the things, and I've said this for a number of years, one of the things we're really good as, as fans is actually not giving enough respect to the opposition at times too. You know, yeah. We constantly yeah, sit call. there and go, oh, our teams are no good. Uh, but actually, the opposition were really good. And they, yeah. they are either coast or outplay. But look, I, I, not, not, nothing um, fancy goes on. Other than what I said, just have honest conversations. The, what, certainly through my journey, what you learned is what made you a good football team. And a lot of those things are you know, measurable. You know, certainly a number of tackles, all these different types of things. And the game's evolving. So the current group will have different indicators about what makes them successful. It's about, it's about everything. It's about having the conversation. It's about um, looking at the numbers, but then being able to back that up with vision. And then coming up with a plan about how you then go and execute the way you want to play. And a lot of this is, um, there's obviously an experienced coaching group. Um, there's a lot of you know, assistant coaches. In, uh, obviously, John leads away. Don Pike's obviously a brilliant tactician. You've got Ben Matthews and Jared McVay who have come through our system as players. So they understand mm. what it means to be a player and then how to, um, I guess, get the best out or continue to drive what's important to the football club. So oh, it all just starts with creating an environment where you can have honest conversations, where you're not, you know, tiptoeing around on eggshells, trying to always make things flowery and nice. This is not about whether I like you or not. This is about how we make you a better footballer. And that's what's important. You know, there's things that happen away from the the field where, you know, being up here, you live together, you you socialise together. So that's where you create that mateship and that's where you are a good fella. Mm. But when you cross that white line to play football, there's some things that you just have to do um, to be successful, and, and that's where you just have those honest conversations because because you, you've created that relationship, you know that this is not a, an attack on you as a person. This is just here it is. This is what's going to make you um, make you as an individual and ultimately the team um, better as a football team. And how do you get that balance between, you know, now with where the boys are going into this grand final, obviously, you know, you want the youngsters to feel as comfortable as possible, but... Can you talk about it too much? Can you build it up too much? Or are you better off fronting it? Uh, what, grand final week? or this? Yeah, grand final week, yeah. 
the, the biggest thing always, uh, there's a few guys I've experienced before, but you just you always just enjoy this week. The, the first, um, the only bit of advice is you turn your phone off because you'll have um, <laughs> you'll have that uh, under under tenth yeah. coach ringing up the, to want to get a season to get the grand final. Turn the phone off, embrace it. There's, there's elements of, um, it has changed, there's no doubt. But, you know, up here in Sydney, there's, and it's been great to read some of the articles talking about how they do think swans are now part of the fabric of Sydney up here. The, I've always said that, that people are different um, in the fact that, you know, certainly through my career, people come up and say hello and they'd recognise you and all that, but they just say hello and wish you the best of luck. Mm. As opposed to when you're in, in the southern states, Melbourne and Adelaide, you're back there, they've come up. They say hello, and then they want to tell, try and tell you how to play football. And that's sort of the difference. You know, people up here, um, you know, while their football knowledge, and I saw that firsthand in that preliminary final, the, the Collingwood supporters were awesome, um, and that atmosphere at the SCG, but it brought the best out of the Swans fans that were there, and their knowledge of the game. You could see them you know, roaring at the right times and all that type of stuff. It was the, the knowledge of the game's improved. So up here in Sydney, you can embrace the um, a little bit differently because it's not quite as big as hype because when you hit Melbourne and I think they're going Thursday from what I read in the papers that's where it's crazy Um, you know they people talk about um, I've never done a full week they talk about almost being exhausted come grand final day because there's that many different functions it's just everywhere it's in your face it's all everyone's talking about Um, it is a different beast down there it is a religion Um, it's on another level so you know you just embrace what you can now turn the phone off um, enjoy this this time because there's uh, you know what is there 16 other clubs not playing and and um, yeah learn off some of the experienced players there's a couple there that, that have played in grand finals before what about their opponent on Saturday Geelong they've been a remarkable club well they haven't won a premiership in the last few years they've always been there or thereabouts challenging what style of football do they play is it different to the Swans or are they quite similar in terms of the way they go about it Oh, they're similar. Look, they're, they're just, I guess, at a different age profile. They're just a lot more experienced. You said they're always there about, but they're probably, uh, about nine, they're probably average age of the team is probably three or four years older. They're certainly what you'd consider to be right at the um, the right point. They do a lot of that with um, with some really good trading. Um, you know, they managed to get you know, Jeremy Cameron, who was obviously up here at the, at the Giants, and, um, you know, get those players that have almost serve their apprenticeships to clubs and then, you know, their best footballs ahead of them. So they're just a uh, you know, superstar forwards in Cameron and, and Hawkins and um, they've got some great smalls, um, Stengel and, you know, former Swan Gary Rowan, who, who was good to see him pip, uh, pop up in a preliminary final, kick some goals. And then, you know, uh, Selwood, the warhorse um, in the middle with um, with Mitch Duncan and, and Dangerfield. They're, they're, they've got superstars all over the field and they're at that age. Um, they deservedly be favourites. But I guess as the Swans proved at the beginning of the year in Buddy's in Buddy's game, they are beatable. Um, you know, they it's just what grand finals are one on your ability to apply pressure for the for the full um, for the full 120 minutes, and that's just what the Swans have to do if if they want a chance to win. Well, you mentioned Buddy. Uh, the players certainly would have been bouncing into training yesterday with the news that he'd resigned with the club for another year. What, what does that do for a group, you reckon, on the eve of a grand final, knowing that your superstar, Lance Frankly, is going to go round again? Probably probably adds a little bit more excitement. It's one of those things. You know, players, you know, we're professional now. You know, obviously, there's always been talk of what Buddy's going to do. And, you know, everyone realises that he's coming you know, close to the end, that he is the beginning, let's be honest. And whether he's moving moving away 
a lot of players go, well, you've just got to do what's good for you. So there wouldn't have been that anxiety that he was going to leave. But to know he's going to come back would have been, oh, wow, awesome. You know, this just adds to that excitement in, in grand final week. So, um, yeah, it, it would have been... Plenty of good banter around the, the change rooms when um, when they announced it and, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, it just adds to the excitement of what is already a very exciting week. We're speaking with Swans great Jared Crouch and Jared. So the Swans just don't do grand finals easy. You know that better than most. Uh, what is your defining memory of 2005? When you think back to that day, what's the one thing that sticks out? Uh, whether it's on the on the field or off it, uh, a memory from the day. Oh. I got, uh, there's, not, there's not just one. I've got so many memories of that day. It is, it is pretty vivid. I just, that last quarter, I know um, it's obviously Leo's mark, but I just remember that last quarter that being, you know, I was down in the back line at that stage, just watching everything up in front of me, just knowing that we weren't going to lose because you just see your teammates doing what we trained over and over and over again. And um, it was just that uh, sense in that last little bit. And you know, I guess it's. Fans were pretty nervous, but it was almost a, an amazing emotion of, um, you know, we're finally going to win one. And, um, yeah, that, that's just sort of the, the memory that I have. You just, you know, there's lots of different things, but everything was just put together in, um, the, you know, our, each one of the teammates was just doing exactly what they should have on that day and we were going to win. And you left the Swans to have a bit of a break earlier this year after your very long association with the club. So what are you up to now? Uh, not a great deal. Um, I'm a... Uh, stay-at-home dad at the moment. I've got to try and find a job. I do a little bit with um, with Japanese rugby um, in the women's program. So I go over and was working for a number of years with their sevens program. Um, unfortunately, didn't get to go to the Olympics because of COVID. And I did a little bit of stuff early in the year with their 15s as they get ready for the World Cup um, starting uh, actually next month, isn't it? I think I think yeah. I was almost going to go to Eden Park. The Bledisloe's on this Saturday, isn't yeah. it? So the Japanese girls have been invited to play against New Zealand before that game, and that's going to be an amazing experience for them. And I was sort of going, oh, I've never been to a Bledisloe Eden Park, and then, of course, the Swans made the grand final. So I was sort of, <laughs> you know, well, the kids go, look, Dad, you're taking us down there. So that sort of changed. But that's a little bit I do. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, I better start looking for a job very soon. Uh, and, and are you going to the game, or do you just stay at home and watch it? No, I'm t- I've made a silly... Um, we went down to the, the Melbourne final. We took the drove the kids down there. I got um, four boys, um, and we all went down there and watched it. And made the silly comment of, "Oh yes, they make the granny old." <laughs> so, so what's happened is I've just gone and taken out a small mortgage of a home to buy tickets. And um, yeah, we'll we'll um, it's sort of this uh, this public holiday day and morning we've got. We'll, we'll wander down there, and then you got the public holiday in Melbourne on the Friday. And it would just be great for my boys who were, you know. I've, only had kids when I retired. They get to experience the grand final and, and have a bit of fun. And um, yeah, they're, they're mad, passionate little swan fans. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's nice being able to enjoy football through your kids' eyes now. That um, for for a long time it was almost a job. And now it's, you know the, the passions come back with um, you know watching it through them. Well, hopefully your boys, yourself, and all us Swans fans are celebrating Saturday night. Really appreciate your time this morning, Jared. No pleasure. It's great. To, great to be back with the. Big Sports Breakfast family. It was a long time when he used to have a chat regularly. But, of course uh, he did. Yeah. Great, to, great to be back here. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. Let's hope that the, the boys do the job for us all and we can be uh, all celebrating Saturday night. Appreciate it, mate. Good Thank on you, you Jared. See you, boys.